Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 1, 19, Episode 4 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially, off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and Whoa. fuck Fox News. It's Thursday, February 6, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I'm a Jack, I'm O'Brien, I'm X-Crack, Fox News lying, Buddha judges CIA, I am not second rate, that is courtesy of Spag Bourgeoisie, uh, that's probably not how he's pronouncing that, like Jan Spag- Champion 3000, Spag Bull, like Spag Bull in yeah maybe, uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! <laughs> I don't want to wait for, the, for these caucus results to be handed over. I can't fucking wait to know who the one. I just had to say that off the top because I was just thinking of Iowa. Iowa. I want to wait for it. And that's, that was my thought process. That was just a homebrew AKA. That's why I home leave it brew. to the listeners at home <laughs> to come up with the real shit. I do like that we were from the same era. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Miles. Yes. We're gonna we're going on the road with yes. our time machine. Uh, super transportable time machine. Also, super producer Anna Hosnier. Super, super portable, uh, portable producer, as well. producer Anna Hosnier. Uh, and some special guests. We're in Brooklyn at the Bell House on February 12th. Who's the guest? Daniel O'Brien. From from Cracked? Yeah, that the very same. From the John Oliver writing room? Writer's yes, room? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. February 13th at the Miracle Theater with Natalie McGill. Oh. Boom. Journalist? Uh, yeah. And comedian? Yeah, yeah. What a blend? Uh-huh. The very same. Uh, Minneapolis, February 25th at the Parkway Theater with Pete. POS. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Local legends only. Uh, Chicago, February 27th at Sleeping Village with, you guessed it, Daniel Van Kirk. I was hoping you were going to say someone like Ron Harper, but okay. <laughs> right. Uh, and Toronto, the grand finale, February 28th at the Great Hall. The guest, so amazing. We can't announce it just yet. But it is Frank Ocean. Uh well people are gonna think it's Frank Ocean and then when Drake comes out they're gonna boo us yeah uh, but hey that's how we do things yeah uh so for tickets go to dailyzeitgeist.com uh go to the live appearances tab and you'll find links there and get your, your wallets out uh we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat. Uh, by one of our favorite guests here on the Daily Zeitgeist, Mr. J. Keith Van Stratton. I'm a favorite. Or one yeah. of the favorites. One, one, of, of, our one favorites. of our favorites. That really just means I'm in the top half. Yes. Like I've, I'm above, oh, yeah. above the median. Well, yeah. once you get, you know, three three under your belt, you know, yeah, you're yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. What's the record? How, what's the most appearances for somebody? Uh, what do I have to shoot Jamie for? Loftus with 700,000. Yes. I think. I believe that is correct. Not going to win. It's actually more episodes than the show. Right. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know how it worked out. But she just that's... sneaks in here and releases episodes of the day. Yeah. like, I when we're not even quick. here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Jamie was on my show, uh, Go Fact Yourself. Oh, she nice. Was, she was awesome. I think it's it's currently the the, the first episode. If you, if you if you go to our podcast page, it's the one that's uh, airing right now. 
Uh, and it was great. We did a uh, – so the format of our show was we have two guests. They tell us uh, topics that they know a lot about, and then mm-hmm. we pick one of them. We quiz a, a quiz them on that, and we bring out an expert uh, in that field. Uh, you've done it as well. I you, have. You, you chose Jaws 2, <laughs> Jaws as, your, 2. as your topic. <laughs> you chose Jaws yeah, 2 yes, you among gave some three options. of my yes, options. Yes. All of them equally yes, stupid, we, though. I don't think pretend. that we did well, not on, try to get members of the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, I was going to say, Wu-Tang stupid. No, no, We definitely did try to get the Wu-Tang Clan. We were told that they were on an airplane at that time, and I'm sure that's the only reason. Mm-hmm. That they did not appear. But I mean, for Jamie, listeners of of uh, of her in any format, I will not be surprised that one of her topics was Zambonis. Yeah, the Zamboni machine. So we did a whole quiz about uh, Zambonis, and we got uh, the ice technician from the L.A. Kings Holy and shit. the guy who runs their practice facility, who who handles the ice and the Didn't Zambonis. Did she meet him? Yeah, no, we had them on the show. So we got to we got to geek out about Zambonis for a while, and then the Kings offered her a ride on a Zamboni. That's how that oh, happened. That's oh, that's so, yeah. See, we didn't know what oh. happened. We just heard she had got to ride the Zamboni. Yeah. The I don't know if it's game. actually happened yet. I don't know if she's it did. Did. she it has did. done the ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we got to talk about and that. And she okay. drove it into a wall. Oh, and no. And it was a disaster. Just a, a instantaneous explosion. I yeah. hope she updates her uh, tattoo with that <laughs> depiction because <laughs> yeah. I think that would be entertaining. Right. No, but it was one of those, on you know, every once in a while, you know, we do, we, we do this, we've done over 50 episodes of the show and I would say maybe a quarter of them, there's a moment where the guest realizes what's happening and who their expert is and what they get to talk about. Right, and there's right. just sort of a joining of souls. Yeah. And this was one of those times. Like yeah. she was just she was so excited to talk about it and, and to meet these guys from the Kings. And then the Kings guys were so happy to talk about you know, they love they love their job. They <laughs> yeah, know they, they know they got a great game. There aren't game. that many Zamboni fans yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, uh and and they were thrilled to meet her and I'm so I happy to meet her. I think they're called Zambronis, they... is that uh, right? Yes. Yes. Our Zambonistas. Zambonistas. Uh, <laughs> and so it was great that they uh, they were yeah. able to put that together. I got to meet uh one of the writers of Jaws too. Yes. Uh, uh, very Carl very Gottlieb, cool. the very accomplished uh, writer. Yeah, you who were also was our expert. I know, I yeah. was. He came uh, back like I'm, I, I, I've I, seen I, it I all. Just, I just I've seen I, everything I, but God at this point. <laughs> you did very well, if I recall. Did you get all of your questions yeah, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you kind of aced your. Quiz. I, Jaws two was a movie that I watched uh, hundreds of times mm-hmm. as a youth. Uh, I skipped. Uh, NBA game like this is when my family knew that I would not be following in my uh, grandfather and dad's legacy as like a basketball guy mm-hmm. uh, because I skipped Dr. J's I think one of his last games definitely his last game playing against uh, one of my grandfather's teams to uh, watch Jaws 2 <laughs> because Jaws 2 was on TV that night and I played sick Wow! <laughs> I was like yo Jaws 2's on Wait, how did off. the calculus work you knew you saw that it was going to play and you're like Oh, fuck, but I got to do this thing tonight. Right. Engage malingering. Yes, exactly. Wow. Stayed in, watched it, totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. I mean, I didn't care about it. And you actually watched the movie, I believe, the week prior to your appearance on the show. Yeah. Which and I, I'm shocked that more guests do not do. <laughs> I claimed that I watched uh, it for the show, but yeah. actually I would have watched it anyways. Oh, okay. I just <laughs> watch it every week. Because there was something else you were trying to avoid <laughs> that night. Too. Yeah, he yeah, watches yeah. it in 15 minutes. And actually, uh, it influenced my uh, wardrobe because uh, Chief Brody has a short pair of khaki shorts uh, in that, and I was like, man, he looks good in those shorts. And Here it was summertime, go. so... I went and got a short pair of khaki shorts and couldn't pull it off. Bailed but, on them. Yeah. Bailed. Uh, it really would have been great stand. for the podcast right. for people <laughs> to know that you were wearing. Yeah. No one knows. Everyone just sounds right. uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I don't know what it was about that episode. Yeah. But I felt like Jake was off. Everyone like, seemed distracted. The and... khaki shorts and the performance fleece top. Right. Interesting combination. <laughs> That's right. Everyone's, everyone, everyone started speaking. Anyone, anytime they started speaking, they'd go, 
Huh. Ugh. Um, so <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm uncomfortable. Uh, <clears throat> well, we got to get you guys on Miles and Anna. We got to have yeah, you on absolutely. a future episode. So I can't we'll, wait. Yeah, put that uh, together. I'd be interested to hear what you guys' expert areas of expert. I mean, I know what Anna's Ace Ventura Two and Nature Calls. Right there, you um, go. Got to be. Uh, a there's movie. so many weird things that yeah. I'm very similar in a way to Jack, where yeah. I would be like, "Oh, I gotta watch this real quick. Right. I don't care what's <laughs> yeah. going on." Uh, Anna's. I'm sure The Bachelor would be in there. Maybe a little mystery. Rogers, uh, mm. yeah. Anyways, right, the rest of this episode is just going to be about Anna. Uh, let's talk about uh, what we're talking about, and then we'll get to know you a little bit better, Jake. Keith, well, we're talking about uh, the State of the Union. Wow, wow, burner that I did mm. not watch at all. I did watch the mainstream media coverage of it, and it was just like, ooh, she dragged him, he dissed her, right. uh, just bullshit covering it like it's a celebrity feud. Uh, we're going to talk about Instagram pulling in more revenue than YouTube now. Uh-oh. Mm. Uh, the trailer for Spiral, the new Saw movie. Uh, we're going to talk about America's favorite Valentine's candies. Uh, but first, Jay Keith, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are, friend? Uh, it's more revealing <laughs> than I would have thought I would have revealed. Uh, I, uh, for reasons I cannot explain, uh, collect oh, no. items. Uh, that depict a Sanrio character named Batsmaru, mm-hmm. who is an angry little penguin. Yes. Uh, he, this is in the Hello Kitty family. Yes. Okay. Uh, I've been doing it for 25 plus years. I have no idea why or what about it appeals to me, but uh, my entire bathroom is done in the style of Batsmaru. It's the it's the Batsmaroom or the Bathmaroom, depending wow, on really? the Wow, really? Yes. Well, because I've had to try to, I've had so many items, uh, and then also, especially when I got really into eBay and, you know, being depressed right, and right, lonely, right. Uh, would just, you know, would buy all this stuff. And so I had to try to limit it to because there also would be all over the house and there is some leakage but I generally try to confine it all to the bathroom and then uh, the other the other limitation I try to put on myself so I don't go broke or crazy is uh, I only buy myself items that are actually functional because right. if you just go decorative yeah. you know you're gonna you're, you're, you're gonna go broke so you know I get a, pe- a pen or a towel or a toothbrush holder or whatnot so uh, my latest thing is I I of course already have a Batsmaru bath mat but it's it's getting a little worse for the wear so I wanted to look for, for one that was more quality so one of my more recent Google searches is Botsmaru bath mat and uh, something's, wow. coming, something's coming in the mail for me next week. I Man. remember growing up like Japanese yeah. Sanrio you know it was like a big big thing and like people only knew Hello Kitty very sure. narrowly or Keropi or something. Right. Uh, when when Botsmaru came on I was like okay this, this dude has a little bit of edge to yeah. him. So then that was one of the first pencil boxes I took out oh, was okay. a Botsmaru one. Um very interesting to hear that you have an entire bathroom. Yes. To this, this this is fantastic. There's a soap very holder. There's a whole there's a whole shelving that that has some of the the purely decorative items sure. that I had I gotten before. Hand towels. A lot of clocks. I love that. Those, those are among my favorite things to get are the Batsumaru clocks. And yeah, and then unfortunately the, I have a I have a couple cats, and so a lot of stuff gets knocked over and broken uh, a lot. Also, mm. I just recently <sighs> I lost a little it. teacup uh, set that I had that I'm yeah. I'm a little heartbroken, but he I'm, looks a but little like uh, Bart Simpson as a penguin. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, unfor- so uh, a few Halloweens ago, I bought myself. Uh, you'll probably know the Japanese term, but one of those full body, um, not a furry costume exactly, but sort of like a full body footy pajama thing, but like with the head and it oh, sure, up. sure, sure. I forget the name of, of what those kind of things are called. And I wore it out for Halloween. And uh, the first year, maybe one person knew Botsmaru and generally kind of ignored it. And then I started get getting people thinking I was an angry bird. 
Oh, shit. And that made yeah. me a very angry and you're bird. Like, no, no, I'm not. I'm no, I'm Batsmaru. Batsmaru. But I've helped to amortize the cost because I've now worn it, I believe, for three or four Halloweens. Great. Yeah. So it's it, it paid for itself. Yeah. Now, does he ever smile? No, he'll do. Uh-huh. I've not seen him smile. He'll do a thing where uh, I don't know if this is a cultural thing from the from Japanese or if it refers to anything specific. But he'll do a thing where he'll he'll pull his eyelid down, like he'll pull one mm-hmm. of his one of his uh, eyes down, and I think that's supposed to uh, show him like being a little cheeky. Yeah, like you're uh, taunting someone. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. But other yeah. times he just looks sort of angry and badass. And also he's got a girlfriend who's a seal named Hanamaru. Yeah, he's got oh, that's fr- his girlfriend. Yeah, he's got, uh, and he's only six, so yeah. this guy's a player. Yeah, um, but in Penguin. Years that's forty two. Okay, right. maybe uh, he's from Gorgeous Town. Uh, I mean, he's got clearly, a, yeah, he's I got a panda friend. He's got a, a crocodile or alligator so friend. He's doing yeah. his thing. He's but doing he's, his thing, man. I'm looking at drawings of him yeah. uh, hugging his girlfriend mm-hmm. and being hugged by uh, Hello Kitty mm-hmm. and just n- not even having it one little bit. Yeah, just no. un- unhappy. And, and he's had quite a career. I mean, he's been an astronaut. He's been a basketball player. He's been a wow. scientist. Six mm. years. What yeah. a what a run! Six years in the game. Six years old. Yeah. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Overrated. Uh, I'm going to go with bulkhead seats. Bulkhead seats on airplanes. So a lot of people are very excited to get the front row. They feel like they want the extra leg room. I guess you've, you've easier access to get off of the yeah. plane. Yeah. But you can't have your bag down there during nope. takeoff can't and landing. Have it down there. And then sometimes you get to the bulkhead seat and it, the, all the overhead bin is already taken uh, taken exactly. up. Some, they're supposed to save you space just for the bulkhead right. seat. Well, they don't do that. But even worse nowadays, uh, with all these passenger shaming you know, Twitter accounts and all that, you see so many people who just put their bare, socked feet or bare, bare feet, feet yep. up on the wall. In front, and then there was this video I saw a few weeks ago where a dude was in the bulkhead seat and was using his bare feet to scroll through the touchscreen uh, IFE uh, yeah. in flight entertainment screen on there. I don't want to be anywhere near that or, no. or all that. Plus, uh, you also get that weird, uh, uh, like quasi robotic tray table that you can get out <laughs> yeah. of the armrest, right? Yeah, that, that you'll that, dislocate that, like, your shoulder trying yeah. to get right. out, yeah. And then, you know, uh, I'm not a svelte man as I used to be, and so you can't, you don't really have a lot of room to, to push it to, to push it around. <laughs> right. It's very, it's very wobbly, it's, like it's five got that weird folds that need to happen before yeah. it gets out, yeah. It looks yeah. sort of like when you see this footage of like before the Wright brothers got their plane going, of like people like building this, like, like this armature, <laughs> yeah. like covered. Yeah, canvas yeah. trying to right. you know to get, a get, get the wings that's, yeah. that's wings yeah. flap. I was like, I can't believe yeah. this is the best technology that we have, <laughs> and, it, and all that for like maybe three extra inch of, inches of leg room. Yeah. But also, you you're just staring at a wall the whole also, time. Also, but sometimes that wall because it's just one flat panel, right? You might not actually get as much if you could kind of get your feet underneath the seat in front of you. Sometimes right. I hit it and I'm like, dude, I'm actually not getting more. Yeah, like, yeah. that's why the exit row I like. Sometimes yeah. you need something to resist to, to resist, but also uh, just entertainment wise, you're just staring at a wall the whole time yeah. and maybe then you get to be even more jealous of the people in first class because of you know right. it's the first row of economy yeah. but then you miss out on seeing what the people in front of you are doing and I don't know why but one of my favorite things to do on a plane is to see is, is if there's entertainment screens I want to know what other people are watching <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I can't do that if there's a wall in front of right. me or, or, or if the people in front of me are making out or if they're being right. drunk or whatnot. So, yeah. so you miss out on the people or maybe watching. you're lucky enough and you get a seat that does have a screen and yeah. someone's just Crip walked all over it with their bare feet. Exactly. And you can just be like, oh, great. Exactly. That that is a good use of social media is to shame people who are- Yes and no. I mean, I think it's good to point out that, hey, this this is something we don't like, but- a lot of times, uh, my response to that is, "Oh, well, have you uh, tried to confront them about that, or notified the flight attendant, or said, right. hey, that's not cool?'" And it's like, "No, 
I'll just I'll just post some anonymous uh, caddy thing. It's like right. I, I I feel that like that, that sort of replaced. So you're saying we'll bring that same energy in real life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, you could. There's ways to do it and be polite. Sure, sure. Be like, I was on a train the other day, and uh, I'm usually very good about keeping things quiet. But my, uh, you know, with my electronics and whatnot. But I was trying to share a video with my girlfriend, and so I had the volume up. And the person behind came up and said, "Excuse me, could you please turn that volume down a little bit?" And I was so proud of her. Right. Like I wasn't like no f you. And I was like, absolutely. I'm sorry for bothering you. Yeah. That is a correct social interaction. Sure. Yeah. And if she had just you know put a video of like, oh look at this asshole, uh, you know, right. uh, oh we, hey buddy, we don't. All want to hear what's going on in the Amazing right. Race, or you know whatever it was. Yeah, but we do. Well, well, yeah. a bad example, obviously. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't have done anything. Yeah, yeah. And right. so the fact that uh, I, I really encourage people to, you know, in a polite, non-belligerent way, yeah, to take no for an answer if somebody goes crazy. But I, I think that's so much more important yeah. than just take than just taking videos and all that. Well, and then if they don't the same... do it, then maybe you, you you put it out on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, I I do feel like that's one of those things where we need to be better citizens just in yeah. general the way we treat like planes are we we should understand that planes right. don't get cleaned in between flights they get they clean up the visible dirt yeah they don't wipe any surfaces down right the reason you Maybe get sick on a plane <laughs> is because is not because the air isn't clean uh it's because you're in a petri dish you're yeah. in a petri dish you are sitting in the equivalent of a public trash can right yeah like so i love you, it Right. So <laughs> by doing like gross shit, uh, like putting your feet up there, you're just you're being a bad citizen like right. that. That needs to be something that we we're as all a culture. In this together. Yeah, we're all in this together. And like that we need to value that, like being a better, like more considerate person who like always takes their trash with them mm -hmm. after that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not in this country, man. No, I'm saying people oh, are so like, you're like, but like I, I like you know, like in general, right? It's culturally, it's not built into the fabric here of looking right. after each other or communal but spaces. I feel like we could much. get there by the yeah, time I would we're love all to. dead. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. But I just know, like, slowly, the you know, yeah, attitude is very much like me. Right. What I'm doing for yeah. me. Yeah. Excuse you. Make right. me. Like right. is is nor is a typical response. Excuse you, make me. Excuse you. Okay, make me turn this down. It's right. like, well, okay, cowboy. You know what? Now that you say it, maybe that should have been my response. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse you? Yeah. Excuse make you? me. Make me. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Put me on live. Jay Keith, what's something you think is underrated? Uh underrated, my favorite television show of all time. I was I was just in Baltimore and it reminded me of it is Homicide Life on the Street. Wow. And it drives me crazy that it is not available on streaming uh, at the moment. I'm hoping that when this Peacock thing that NBC does, it'll it'll be on there. But as far as I know, it's not on streaming. And uh, I really miss it because uh, I've I've watched uh, The Wire, which is, you know, by a lot of the same people, like over and over because right. it's been on, you know, the HBO streaming and Netflix and, and whatever else. And so I really miss having that. And so I was in Baltimore and, and uh, with my cousin and, and I was geeking out about it. And she said, oh, well, you know, if you want to go see – where the where they shot it, like where the police station was, it's now this fancy hotel, and I was like, I kind of do. Yeah. So, oh, really? so yeah. So I went. We went to the the fancy hotel. And I got a picture of me out on the stoop, and cool. I was expecting there to be a plaque or something. And there was there was there was. This nothing. is the location. Yeah, for <laughs> six years. It was a great years. show. I think yeah. seven. Uh, but it's just interesting. So many people have. Uh, I mean, so many great things have come from the people who had worked on that show, both behind the scenes. Uh, you know, the people who ended up making The Wire, and then of course Andre Brower and. Uh, right. You know, Ned Beatty was on the show. Melissa Leo now is an Oscar winner and, and all that stuff. And so uh, I still think it's underrated. Um, and I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I can't watch it. So the, right. only, the only way to get it is on is on DVD. I don't remember the last time I played a DVD at, right. at my home. I think my right. player is connected. Uh, and the box that they made for it, it was at that time where uh, they were making – they had to make like 
because people would go to a store to see a box set, right. so they had to catch their eye. So they made this giant locker to, to look like a police station locker room, which won't fit on any shelf or anything. Yeah. Right. And it's like, right. I don't need to own it. I just wanted to watch it's it again. fucking right. discs. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, but the, the uh, uh, And then Netflix now, I don't have the you – know, I, I don't know anyone who still has the get, the get the actual discs in the mail thing. But the last time I had Netflix, uh, the – the I literally would wait because for some reason someone out they only had I think one copy of season seven uh, <laughs> disc two and I got, some person out there was not refu- was it. refusing to return wow. it yeah so wow. I waited for months to see Your it to finally enemy. figure out how it, to finally be reminded how it ended but anyway just being in Baltimore and just reminding uh, being reminded of all the great people who have been on it I, I still think it's underrated and whenever people ask what's your favorite show of all time a lot of them are like what. Homicide, what, right. what, what the the Joe Montana right, movie? Right. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. So uh, I do think it's underrated. What years and, was it know, on? I'm going to say, I don't remember exactly. Uh, I'm going to say early to mid 90s. I think okay. like around 91 ish to 8 ish or so. Oh, okay. I know 93 from, to 99. Okay. That's, okay. that's ish. That's in the ishes. Uh, and it had a lot. Of, it had they had crossover episodes with Law and Order, and right. they had special guests like Robin Williams came and did a, uh, an episode. I think he might have won an Emmy. Was for it that. procedural? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. it was a, I just a remember this procedural. as the Richard Belzer show. Yeah, you got the bells. I mean, that's what how, for better that's and for worse, you got the bells memory. on there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of like that's the one Richard. I thought Belzer. that was a Law and Order show. Was no, he, he later on was on order? It's later like on, the same yeah, character. Like, yeah, right. He, there, oh, there's like I think shit. I, I forget what he's up to, but I think there's eight or nine shows where he's played Munch. So there's just like a. A massive like shared universe of yeah. <laughs> of cop shows yeah um all right well I I got to check that out that's f- much later than I thought I th- he, I thought it was like an eighties holy show. shit he's the third actor ever to play the same character in six different primetime shows yeah. well because they did he did it he recurred I think on Arrested Development I think there was there was like a sitcom oh my God, where Arrested Development is in the same universe as Homicide he Life played the same character and then on I think on Thirty Rock he also played Thirty Visibly Rock Thirty Rock yeah. he played Munch wow. and. There was another comedy as well where he came. I think the it was a live action on UPN. Yeah, okay, I'm out. What's yeah. the uh, what's the medical drama that ends where with a uh, Saint elsewhere? Yeah, with a child on the spectrum. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and you realize the whole thing has been imagined by the child. Is right. that right? Yes, which also means because there was some crossover episode where they went on Cheers or something like that means that all of that also was right. a dream. It was all in the same right. and was Belzer on that? I Saint don't believe elsewhere? so. No. Okay. No. But that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Because yeah, that's because George that Went mm-hmm. was doing it on Cheers, St. Elsewhere, The Tortellis, Wings, The Simpsons, and Frasier. Frasier right. The Which same means character? all of that. And John Ratzenberger, too. Right. The same character? Yeah. Playing wow. Cliff and Norm right. on six yeah. different shows. So that's which, a, which means if it was all a dream on St. Elsewhere, that means all, all of that all was a dream. dream. used to reword a magazine. Yeah, uh, there you go. And finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Uh that's an excellent question that I – oh, here, here's what it was. Uh, a thing that I think people think is, uh, is true that is, is false is that soup plantation is lame and only for old people. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I loves me some soup plantation. Okay. Uh, I think they, they, they're high-quality uh, high quality items for the most part. Mm-hmm. The pizzas are a little sketchy. Um, they're very well staffed. The pizzas the, at yes. soup plantation? Yeah. They make pizzas? Go for the they, little, little ice creams. I, to be mm-hmm. fair, I don't know if they actually call them pizzas. I think they call them like cheesy Flat breads bread. or yeah, 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 something yeah. like okay. that. So so they're not t- totally uh, totally in. But uh, uh, 
I get I get cravings every once in a while where I just got to get me some soup plantation. Yeah. And I love I I like uh, like I said just the quality of the ingredients. I like that you can hack different uh, you know different things together. I like to make my own little egg salad with the crumbled hard boiled eggs and some pickles and, and other stuff. Wow. Uh, there's <laughs> one of the things that's so lacking. Involved. One of the bad wraps. One of the bad wraps uh, that it has is Uh-oh. that it's hard to it's hard to find a lot of uh, of meat because a lot of this because you know they they've got to be economical. But how sure, do they do that? Sure. So the trick is. You go to the chunky chicken noodle soup because there's always big chunks of chicken in that. Pick you that ladle up. that out, and then all of a sudden you put it on your macaroni. You got a uh, chicken macaroni. <laughs> you put it on the salad. You got a chicken salad. Hey, uh, look. Anyway, anyone, anytime someone wants to undermine a plantation, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? that, that is one of the things that I think. That's one time be. you're like, ah, yeah. the name, but I love the little. Well, it's kind of funny because there were two right. big chains for a while. There was Soup Plantation and Soup Exchange, and when you heard the idea of plantation, you're yeah. like, well, this is going to be the one that fails. Why would you do plantation? Yeah. Plantation, right. and then you think. Oh wait, and ex- like I'm supposed to bring in my old used soup and exchange it for new soup right, and right, exchange. Right. exchange. That's the only one possible worse idea that someone could have come up with. And They're coming they in with like those like ten gallon water <laughs> yeah. drums, like all right, uh, fill up. Sorry, this, is, but, this uh, is all used soup. But soup plantation, soup plantation does really good stuff. Their soups are really good how, quality. How there's always a coupon you can find. Are they thriving elsewhere? Because in I LA know, we only actually. got like one. I know there's like that one in Brentwood. Oh, there's right. one. Oh, the one in Brentwood where I once saw OJ Simpson. Yes, yes. better for worse. In 1994. Uh, uh, in 96, 96, okay. 97. Uh, there's the uh, 97. Uh, there's one in Beverly Connection on La Cienega and Beverly. Which there's is one, one there. In the yeah, Beverly, the Beverly Connection. Connection. Yeah. Interesting. All all focused on that part of town. Yeah. Only huh. open till nine. I feel like if they wanted to do a soup plantation after dark, if they like got a like a beer and wine license. Oh boy. And then like upcharge soup like another five dollars. Like I think that's Baywatch my million. That's my million dollar. Or beer. Baywatch nights. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They, they become. Nights. They also become detectives for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Richard Belzer's. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it could be a uh, dinner think, theater. Yeah, but I think soup plantation is kind of a punchline for a lot of people, and 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 it's really enjoyable and not in an ironic way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? When I when yeah. I worked on the west side more, I would I would sort of force everyone to yeah. go to soup plantation if we had time because yeah. I was like. I'm making a bunch of soft serve. I keep talking about the ice yeah. cream. Yeah, oh, the ice cream. Oh, with the, with the cookie bar? Yeah, the cookie, yeah. Uh, chocolate chip cookie bar underneath. It's Ooh. nice. <laughs> I mean, that sounds really Everyone nice. can find something Ooh. they want. A girlfriend's yeah. a vegetarian, she gets something. I like the meat, I get something. What yeah. is, uh, the, what's the best soup? You're, you're romantic about the antebellum south? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's not perfect. The servers know, yeah. are, yeah. yeah. It's like, I like everything about the Angels baseball team, except that the fact that they're called the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, Man, why? And that means I can still why? root for the team, even though I don't like the title. Yeah. It's very similar yeah yeah hey yeah. look you know we what's get. wrong with angels uh just the, the name of it the, the the owner renamed it the los angeles angels of anaheim which oh, is right. oh right all right got it got yeah it. but you know i feel like the the chunky chicken noodle soup is sort of the mike trout of soup plantation wow wow okay okay bring it all back uh all right we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back And we're back. And Miles, I was not. I yeah. Was, oh, what, are we doing an ad? Huh? Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's how I usually uh, start off ads. It's also how I'm starting off this section. Bad habits. <laughs> about the State of the Union because I did not watch it. The only thing I've seen about it is that uh, Trump made a lot of claims about how the best is yet to come, and uh, it's been amazing thus far. And that Nancy Pelosi tore up the speech. Yeah, that's all you really. I mean, look, it's there's never going to be anything useful out of these State of the Union, especially with this president. It's just all, it's just a fucking rally. It's just red meat party for the base, and also some 
uh, fantastic pandering, some next level pandering for uh, for the African-American vote, uh, whether that was like uh, bringing out a Tuskegee Airman and then like giving him a promotion to, I think, Brigadier General. They were he brought up uh, his, you know, funding of historical black colleges and universities, talked about black unemployment, his favorite, favorite statistic. Right. Uh, which is very interesting because you can see he's that's sort of beginning to show a little bit of his strategy. Like he only got, I think, eight percent of the black vote last time, and maybe he's thinking like, if we can get, even get a couple more, yeah, just, yeah. just kind of shift people each each way. I was surprised just how many outright lies there were for uh, a, a speech that he that he obviously read from a prompter and had right. obviously yeah. been uh, given attention to and vetted, and so, how much just demonstrably false stuff. Like there, there's stuff you can disagree with. There's you know the broad the broad statements. You know, right. sure that's that's massaging you know your your vision or whatnot. But like just stuff about how stuff that he had said he had accomplished that had happened in the Obama administration right. <laughs> or, or saying, you know, stuff that's just based on numbers that is so easy to look up. Yeah, like saying that, you know, pres- prescription drugs had never been cheaper. It's like right. that's very misleading. Right. I mean, f- on its face, when he says we will always protect patients with pre-existing, yes, pre-existing conditions, conditions, right? holy when shit. When they're literally in court trying to, trying trying to, to fight against it. Make the Affordable Care Act unconstitutional. But it doesn't matter. That's what hurts my yeah. heart right. so much. Yeah. yeah. It's like you have, to, you have to look up things and pay attention to those things to know that. And most people don't. And just uh, yeah, I mean, with, and there's the campaign ad of him just saying those things, yeah, like whether with, they're whether it's true or not, and it's so even though if it's it's so easy to find out that it's not. With his acquittal yesterday or today, we are now in a presidency. Like I've read it described as like now the presidency, uh, like the office of the president has unprecedented power, mm-hmm. but that's not true. It's this president right. has unprecedented power because right. yeah. no other president. Uh, or at least Republican presidents, because mm-hmm. no Democratic president would be able to get away with of shit, like nothing, I, without yeah. getting impeached. Uh, so it's it's definitely this president. You know, uh, also he's willing to say just outright lies with, like he has he doesn't have a shame gland with a lot of confidence, right? Mm-hmm. With a lot of confidence, and it and just it was, it's kind of a perfect machine and for still- this modern world. There was still some of that slurring that was happening, also, which oh, I was a yeah. little surprised by, and, and I've not heard any coverage of, which I think is, I think, really could be an issue if, if uh, we we make it. it absolutely, I mean, there were those psychologists who were like neurologists, our neurologists yeah. who yeah. got together, and were like you need to actually yeah. examine this. At one like, point, he right. said, "Sanctuary cities." Yeah, oh, that's but cool. that was actually just that a, was written. Oh, yeah, was it? that yeah. was uh, taking his, shots at them. Yeah, or like because they got them stank on it. I yeah. thought it was a uh, uh, outcast reference. <laughs> Big like... stank on you, man. <laughs> Play track three. Um, yeah, I th- the the other parts too were so again the pandering was transparent when mm-hmm. he he literally reunited a military family with like a father who mm-hmm. had been deployed and been like was yeah, it like well, a surprise? Yes, yeah. In the I fucking had to admit, chamber, that, that was a great moment, though. But it was a pretty. It had nothing to do with yeah, him being president. I'm, no, I'm not mad. Policies. Not mad one bit. It's at all reuniting a TV family. programming. It's, I am yeah. a little bit. Well, I, I, I you're I'm, mad that they were reunited. No, no, no. But that the the whole you know these viral videos go around about so and so is reunited at a baseball sure. game or whatever else. And like obviously, it's wonderful that that I'm, I'm, boi- I'm only distilling it down to its most essential thing that those humans have the experience. No, everything no, no. outside of that, hundred percent is great. No, but in general, I I have a problem with that because. Like okay, he obviously didn't just arrive at that moment. He probably came in the night before to. Wh- they were why, why not have those apart? extra thirteen hours? <laughs> yeah, it's like right. what, what? What? I just don't feel. All right, now get advantages. back over there. Yeah, <laughs> go back there and fight like, a war. Can you I'm imagine starting. like you're 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 fighting a war somewhere? 
you're no, at home. No, I would be pissed. And be- they're saying, oh, you know what? Don't talk, don't call or text your wife or children like, because yeah, we want to have dude. because we want to have this video yeah. moment. Yeah, I just I mean, feel like every like moment every moment matters. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I for the people, the actual act of like the reunification of people, yes. just on its human essence. Oh, I like that. Obviously, but yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a robot not, monster. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's just like when it's done so just cynically. Like yeah. it's just purely. It shows you again. How he even views people who are serving in the military. Right. He's like, it's just just dig somebody up I can bring out there and do one of those videos that go viral. Yeah. Except right. we're going to do it in the chamber. And, of course, yeah. that's one person coming home for a temporary amount of time as opposed to the thousands that yeah. are, or are, even are cons- out there. Or considering what your policies and rhetoric are exactly. doing to put those yeah. people in even, have even to say greater though, risk. I was a little, like, just a- as... As a Democrat, I was a little jealous that damn it, he did that, and you know, yeah, we, well, no, none of well, us had thought about it before. He's the only one. Like again, it's the lack of a shame gland, right. and that is becoming sort of the the proper strategy. I think, right. the, like the Google ad that everyone's like, it made me cry, man, mm-hmm. is like that is just so. It's such transparent bullshit. Yeah, like you haven't even demonstrated a thing that Google does. Right, like that is useful in any way. Right, like yeah, you pretty much could have had the same ad with a tape recorder. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know. But uh, but they are. You know, you can get away with it by just be creating viral videos. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna, right. Yeah, this is he's gonna. This is us. His way into fucking right. re-election. Yeah, exactly. Right. But Obama never would have done that. Not because he didn't want families to be reunited. Because he didn't want to make it about him. Yeah, he's, he's not dignity. He's, he's not deploying these people as merely pawns for him to exploit for his own personal gain, which has been right. the whole thing. And everything is. Like, let me just go down a list of people to pander to. Uh, right. And, he and did. the Rush Limbaugh yeah. thing. That's that may be the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Just decorating America's favorite racist with right. a freedom medal. Just like what? <sighs> Again, I mean, but this is what he's doing. Nothing has he's taking the meaning out of institutions and these mm-hmm. like awards and things like that because he deploys them just right. however he needs to for, you know, a good sound. But for people who don't pay attention, yeah. to just which is most people, uh, you know, this looked there's a lot of stuff that looked and sounded great. Yeah, yeah. that's you know, you got to hand it to him for he was disciplined in terms of sticking to the script and not you know, not going off into crazy, which is how the media will cover it right. as, you know, oh, it's for Trump. This is great. This is right. the night that Trump. Trump became uh, president. I was thinking this about is that fucking. Too. I think yeah, you don't go a, that far, but you have to say like, damn though, like it, based on how most people are going to take that, mm-hmm. that worked for him. I think it's despicable, but it's probably effective on, on some level. But that level. is that's how the yeah, mainstream media is now covering like the entire world, like everything that matters in U.S. politics. Like that's uh, what I wanted to talk about next is just how the mainstream media is covering like not just the State of the Union, which was like. Uh, what a sick burn by Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. and like the the sort of back and forth like war of words, but like also how they're covering like the impeachment, mm-hmm. the the fact that uh, Doug Jones is voting to convict. They're like, wow, I can't believe he's doing that. That's like really uh, bal- that's like dumb, right? It's like strategically out. questionable mm-hmm. and like it's. It's just, and then the with the Iowa caucus, they're they cover they're not like covering the class based campaign or the class based issues of Bernie Sanders. They're covering it from a horse race perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, what will the Democrats do to stop him on MSNBC? They're like Buttigieg is out in, out in front. After yeah. a while, it's like with with the uh, incomplete results mm-hmm. in. Yeah, and also like if you look at everything else, what. Aside from a good performance in Iowa is suggesting to you, aside from the panic over Joe Biden not doing well, 
Right. That, like they're saying like, okay, dude, we got to, who, who are we going to like talk nice about? Cause it can't be Bernie. Right. I mean, yeah. The surprising thing I think is how many people didn't vote for a Democrat. Like the, the democratic field no longer has a Democrat candidate that has like a very clear path or like a very clear, you know, you have Bloomberg, who's a Republican, who seems like he might be now ready to pick up steam, like if it goes to a brokered convention. Biden is like who everybody thought was going to be the traditional Democratic candidate. And now he's looking very shaky. And Bernie, who is a Democratic socialist, he's not a traditional Democrat. And I feel like that would be the thing that people would be talking about is like, what's driving this? It seems like people are disillusioned with, you know, our two party system. Yeah. Clearly, mm -hmm. when Trump was not a Republican, he I was mean, yeah. his own authoritarian, I, weird mixture. I think a lot of that stuff has been happening for a while. I think what strikes me as just as new is just that we've we've got a president who was impeached, who was making a State of the Union address. We got a yeah. president who was impeached, and people are 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 running, uh, you know, against him, and how that's not the biggest, craziest thing right. to happen. And how, accused how, how rapist. Yeah, right. And then everybody's like, you know, when Mike Pence was like, you know, when seeing Nancy Pelosi rip up the speech I, th I thought she she might as well have been ripping up the constitution mm. right it's like give me the biggest fucking break ever given in the history <laughs> of the universe mm. please sir like and uh, the other thing that we're missing from all of this right aside from the Buttigieg stuff is there was this moment where a lot of people were talking about when um I think it was Nina Turner from the Sanders campaign basically said Mike Bloomberg's an oligarch yeah, that's accurate. Right. And the one of the other pundits was like, oh, I think that's really unfair to get messy and calm and oligarch. By, let's not. Okay, you can argue the sort of semantics, but I think what's really going on there is they don't need to like they don't need class consciousness to enter how these things are covered. Right. They don't. You're never going to hear MSNBC talk about like the stock market actually doesn't matter in the right. grand scheme of things because like most of the stocks are owned by like the top one percent. Right. So I mean, I don't know why that matters, but you'll never hear that because that. That's like sort of the Rubicon. The media isn't willing to cross quite right. yet because when you do, then you really have to say like, rather than being like, wow, there's a Bernie has a lot of support from college students or trying to reduce it. Or even like Elizabeth Warren's policies have a lot of support from these things. There's never a real examination as to why people are motivated to maybe say, yeah, we have a completely fucked taxation system. And right. here are examples that are probably motivating people just done so broad enough where it's like, look, if you're not interested, you hear the soundbite. And you're like, yeah, maybe that makes sense, but it's never going to get specific enough where someone's going to be like, hold on, maybe I, maybe I'm, this is something I need to know about. Maybe mm -hmm. I need to understand what the power dynamics are and I'm how that more, affects me. I feel like I'm hearing more in mainstream about uh, corporate tax evasion. I feel like that's becoming more mainstream. You know, you hear yeah. about like Amazon not paying any taxes and, right. and all these big companies, but I don't know if it, it's explained why that matters to people. But they'll never. But I'm, I guess the thing of like under, there, it won't be put in the sense of like. There are stakes for people who are the workers. Exactly. And then right. there are stakes for the people who are the owners of the business right. and how that relationship works on each other. Because that, I think, begins to really reveal the, the how the power dynamic is laid mm -hmm. out in this country. Um, but, yeah, it's just that there's a lot of, I think, a lot of panic going on, especially with the media, too, because they thought for most people, you really thought like Joe Biden was it. Yeah. Right. And, and we were he here saying like, bro, nobody here wants Joe Biden. Especially in Iowa. So now yeah. they're like between, okay, so Biden is clearly, so there's that story, Biden underperformed, mm -hmm. and we know how to cover that. Buttigieg, they're now like, 
leaning into him possibly being the leading moderate moderate candidate, but he doesn't really have like a very clear pet. Like New Hampshire, he's in third. Uh, Nevada, he's in fifth behind Tom Steyer. In South Carolina, he's in sixth behind. So like, it doesn't matter how many black people he puts in the front row of his rallies. Right, we're not convinced. Right, so it's just not clear like how that. It it seems like the way they're covering it is his entire strategy was getting a media bump from Iowa, like which is what Iowa is important because of. Uh, And they're like, well, he succeeded. He is getting a bump right now because we just said. This sentence. Brian Williams. Right now. Brian Williams called him the presumptive winner of the right. Iowa caucuses. Yeah, and I think a producer was screaming in his earpiece because <laughs> later on he was like, "Just to clarify, yeah. I will, you know, when I was in that helicopter in Iraq, uh, <laughs> I mean uh, that we the de- decision desk has not said either way made a decision on who has won." Yeah, it just like with, with the Sanders thing, it seems like, like you said, there's a Rubicon that they're unable to like get past because he's been like surging for a while and the the only version of that story that they're able to process is what will democrats do to stop him mm-hmm. like what once he starts having success it's like well what can they do to stop him he's not a you know how are people panicking but they're not covering like the actual. Like how do how do his ideas compare right. to Trump's ideas yeah. in terms of affecting most people? Right. Like what's, what are people help reacting? People understand to? what's yeah. going on so they can make a decision. Yeah. So vote. they'll cover like the horse race perspective. How do Democrats stop him? Or like the soundbite. What you know? Is it fair to call Mike Bloomberg and all? Well, that just shows you the stakes, though, too, right? As a pundit, you're like, ooh, I'm loving this. Mm. How, how she ripped up that speech or whatever. Yeah. Rather than being like. What is the experience like of mm. somebody who is a single parent, right. who has three jobs, who have, maybe has a medical condition? And what is that reality of that person? Is that the kind of life that we want people to live right. here? Or can we look at what, you know, what are the forces at play that are putting this person in this position and examine that so we can do something better as a country? Right? I and be like, prize. Damn! Fucking ether Trump with that rip. It's like, dude, that's not what those aren't the fucking stakes right. for. How people. does that convince somebody who's not yeah. already a supporter? Like right. I think people like you see this in podcasts, people like to hear like you tell the story of how something works. Like from mm-hmm. begin like you mentioned the corporate evasion of taxation. Like that would be like people would tune in to hear, okay, here's how much Amazon would pay and here's what it could have paid for yeah. right. in like for America. Here's right. the public aid that would have not been right. used if exactly. they had been paying like, a living wage. But there's just like this giant blind spot that like the that the mainstream media just seems to be well, unwilling it's to It's because it, it's the advertising too. They're all fucking inter like interwoven. Yeah. So it's like, well fuck, if I if I start talking really if I really examine how Jeff Bezos is doing all this tax evasion with Amazon or all the breaks that he gets and relate that to people in a way that they start realizing, hold the fuck up. This guy saved all that money and we still aren't fixing the water in Flint. Mm-hmm. Like what the you know, if they did that every time, always compare it. This money would have paid for like public schools in this place, could have got you rural Wi-Fi here, mm-hmm. could have helped for hospitals in these rural areas. Yeah. Like if you do that, then people start actually functionally understanding how how bad these right. things are. But you can't do that because then you don't get your AWS right. advertising, you know, buying a huge chunk of uh, ad blocks on your shows and on your network. So it's, right. it's tough. 
Yeah. I feel like the the media treats it like, oh, well, nobody's going to watch like stories about single parents or, you know, because it feels too much like eat your vegetables, kids. But like there are ways to tell stories that are that people are dying to hear. Yes. That the media just isn't. I can't like that's what I'm struggling with is. Are they consciously making that decision? Is it just this sort of TV-based idea that uh, the list, the the viewer is stupid, and so I think it's a line of least resistance. A lot of times, yeah. Is, you know, you yeah. look at all yeah. the newsroom cuts that have happened. Also, it's a lot easier to receive a press release about a poll and then talk about the poll, right. And analyze the poll than yeah, to go journalism. out there and do yeah and do journalism. Yeah. yeah, there are exceptions, obviously. I mean, yeah. there was that great story. Was it the New York Times that had the the thing about the U.S. bank employee that uh, that tried to help someone who was who who couldn't get money for oh, gas and then yeah, they got fired, right, for giving someone twenty dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like I think there are those kinds of stories out there, but there's there's too much of you know interviewing even interviewing white men in diners. I also think though too, like at a certain level, the people who are the and decision I love makers, diners and being interviewed. Don't <laughs> right. get me wrong. The people who are the decision makers and also the people who like are reporting. At a certain point, they exit a certain class and are surrounded by people whose problems are not mm-hmm. are are not the same as someone who is truly struggling mm-hmm. to make ends meet. So I think as you the more time you spend away from people like that, the less real that becomes. Mm-hmm. And then you start to you a problem is like, wow, like like there's a waiting list for a Tesla S, huh? Or whatever yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Like you start there's just a a lack of connection, I think, to understand what the experience is like from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. I think that's that that's always the risk of any kind of bubble you operate. Everyone has some sort of, you know, biases that they're operating under. But I think that also another contributing factor to the like lack of diversity in reporting we see too of the kinds of stories we're telling. And I'm seeing yeah. a lot more racial diversity. Like they'll have a you know, they'll have a panel of pundits on CNN and right. you'll see, you know, you'll see across that that spectrum, but it's not but it's punditry. It's right. it's not a it's, it's not a diverse, it's not a diversity of people who have who are stakeholders. Right. And yes. that's something that I'd like to see more of. Right. People yeah. representing, you know, uh, the poor or the homeless or, you know, uh, yeah. un- union members, union leaders, that kind of thing. Having a person who grew up poor write about what it was like to grow up poor uh, at Cracked was like incredibly popular, and like people were like, "Oh my god, I've never seen this before." Sure. And it was just or other people like, "I feel seen," too. right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's just like that is, and when you look at TV or movies like that, it's shockingly absent from like Roseanne was this groundbreaking show because it showed a family that wasn't like where money Didn't live act- in an impossible home. Right. Mm-hmm. Money actually exists. Right, I, I right. feel like a they lot to make of choices the time, about what to spend right. money on, what bill to pay. A Remember lot of the time yeah. people, uh, you know, the people making our culture assume that we want to live in a world where m- it's fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fantasy and money doesn't have to exist, but and some people do, you know, yeah. get it. Like I think that's, that's fine for escapism. some. It shouldn't be all. Right. No, yeah, you shouldn't yeah. completely erase the, these dimensions of human experience, especially within this country when you yeah. want to go and you know pump your own dick up about being number one and everything. Right. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, Instagram is is really doing it you guys let's talk (laughs) i this i mean it's just a stat that came out of bloomberg 
They're yeah. saying they did $20 billion in ad revenue wow. in 2019. YouTube did $15.1 billion in ad sales. So That's... I... Uh, Facebook though it does doesn't comment because they're saying they always present their revenue like as a total of like Facebook, mm -hmm. WhatsApp, Messenger, Instagram, mm -hmm. whatever. But uh, they say from the people they spoke with who were actually familiar with like the ad revenue within Instagram, they're like, yeah, it's like it's twenty, it's about twenty. I mean, yeah. I'm not the ideal uh, Instagram demographic, but I'm mm -hmm. trying to think if there's any. Thing that I've ever clicked on that's led to a purchase from Instagram. I mean, things have I've become more aware of things, and maybe that's right. You know, maybe that's part of it. But I don't know if I, have, you, have any of you ever made a purchase I because of an Instagram did. ad. I almost yeah. did. I do not d do much on Instagram, mm -hmm. but I have heard people who are very like internet savvy consumers mm -hmm. be like, "I want an Instagram feed that's all advertising because right. their advertising gets me so much." Really. Whereas I don't know a single person who has had a positive experience with a YouTube ad. Like nobody's like. Oh, with YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Payroll. YouTube, not at all. <laughs> right. Nobody. Yeah. They just haven't. It, it seems Everyone like has Instagram ad blockers. Well, well, well what's interesting out. is like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's a more hated experience than having to sit through a YouTube ad. And right. Which right. is one you can just scroll past. Yeah, exactly. Or tap yeah. past. Yeah. The thing is like, so there's, you know, it makes sense because what to your point, mm -hmm. one in three people or just a little over a third of Instagram users say they've bought something because mm. of ads. So, right. and you got a billion, a billion plus people right. using that shit. Like, I'm going to go on my feed now and see if there's anything that even, that even remotely tempts me. It's showing me a lot of <laughs> to buy anything stuff. I, I looked for a, like a phone case once and mm -hmm. now it's like, what about this phone case? Right. You want this yeah, one? Yeah. This one's rugged. Right. And I, I mean, that. that's like the direct purchase stuff, but then there's the branded stuff. And right. I mean, companies and face like Facebook is incredibly detailed, like next level. Right. Like Google. Although it's always fun when they get, when they're way off. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, like, I don't need Spanx yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thanks though. Go guys. Google, uh, basically was a slightly more high tech version of classifieds. And Facebook is like a whole nother level of just the amount that they know about customers. Yeah. It's just scraping your the inside of your skull yeah. and they're like, all right, feeding it's, it back to you. Yeah. They know stuff that you want before you want it. Um, and it's scary, but it doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, Instagram is more profitable. I'm seeing an ad for a watch and I don't wear watches. I'm seeing an ad for Trader Joe's. I went to Trader Joe's last night. There Got him. Go. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I already know it exists. And then for some shows that I'm never going to see, so yeah, there you go, there you go. But uh, again, I'm not the I'm not the demo, I guess. Right. Uh, Mine's alone... for an Incubus concert and 311. Oh fuck damn, yeah, this they is got for you, me. Man. They got, you. <laughs> got him. They got him down. Holy shit, Incubus, 311, and Badflower. What, bruh? And yeah, most Miles of mine just are for left things... the room. Most of uh, mine are for things that I've already done. Like there's a Hyatt Hotel. I just stayed in a Hyatt Hotel. So again, I guess it reminds me yeah. that I know this product exists. Right. It's right. Free. Yeah. I don't get it. Reinforcement advertising. There you go. Uh, and they got me to mention it on a podcast, so the system works. There you go. Boom. Let's talk about alone time. This is something that makes total sense to me, but science is studying... I guess they're calling it sensory processing sensitivity. Yeah, it's like a personality trait that a lot of people have. So, you know, people take detoxes from social media or right. TV or even like just be like, yo, I need like a day literally by myself right. and just to recharge my shit. Um, and like when they were talking, interviewing a lot of people to try and sort of find sort of this commonality between it, this sort of thing of sensory processing sensitivity factored into it um, and just saying like, 
you're you're sort of like a sensitive person, like physical, mm-hmm. emotional, thoughts, anything, and that that high sensitivity naturally can overwhelm somebody and then puts you into like can trigger all kinds of thoughts or you mm-hmm. get into like an anxiety, whatever it is, depending on who you are, that some people have to choose to remove themselves. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing that they found is like when people when they found people who sort of found like uh, were able to see this within themselves and say, I actually need to step away. That brought a lot of benefits to them. Mm. But they weren't saying being alone is beneficial because they also looked at people who have a lot of alone time because of maybe the nature of their work or where they live and things like that. And that sort of uh, loneliness or being alone mm. that's uh, determined by external factors actually increased your stress mm. and right. increased a lot of those things. Well, yeah, because it's not being de- like, you know, people who are just, I'm sure it works out for some people, but I mean, if it's just being determined by outside factors, like I'm sure 80% of the people just, you know, that's not what they would have chosen for themselves. Yeah. But it's interesting how many people don't have that muscle of self-care to be able to say, you know what, I need to, you know, I need to stay in or I need to go or whatnot. I I would imagine a lot of people who don't have that kind of consciousness, uh, you know, yourself get overstimulated yeah. oh yeah because it took me a while to just go down like just whatever it was reading news or when i was on <laughs> facebook just being like what the f-? it would just put me in this like, elevated state and i'd be like whoa my energy is being mm-hmm. used in the worst possible way and i was like the only way i can do that is to take out this stimulus which is the whatever it is at the time social media news face whatever it is yeah i find a lot of adult life is tolerating discomfort Right. right. Like just doing shit you don't want to do and, you know, and and for 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 a greater good. Like I I uh, I love scuba diving, but I hate everything about scuba diving. Like I don't like I don't like being in a tightly confined suit. I don't uh. like having to wear heavy equipment. I don't like relying on the machine for my breathing. I don't like salt water. I don't like being on a big rocking noisy motorboat with Russians in speedos who are smoking. <laughs> Yet, when it all comes together and I'm under the water, it's one of my favorite things uh, in the world to to go and see the fishies. So in right. the moments before you get in the water, oh, it's I hate like, it. Oh fuck. Yes. Yeah. You did well, it again, Jake. Keith. You should have known. You no, no, this. it's a process of just breathing through it and just just realizing like I can tolerate this and then right, you know right. once I get in the water I'll be fine. Uh, or being aware, right? I think most yeah. people might do that and just completely identify yeah. with those feelings of anxiety and, and then be to, like, "Oh, this is actually the worst yeah. thing ever." And I'm the versus being like, "Okay, I get it. I'm in a situation that I don't typically like, yeah. but I can figure out a way to navigate." And being able to take care of myself to say to the to the instructor, "You know what? I need a time to I need a minute to breathe here before I'm going to do this and, you know, and I need you to hold these hold, hold my mask here so I can put it here and then when I get in the water to not go down and like, like, calm down." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's gotten it it's gotten better and I try to take lessons from that in my life, but, you know, not always. Yeah. Let's talk about uh one of the more strangely intriguing trailers uh, that we've seen uh, this year. Yeah. Spiral uh, from the Book of Saw. What a weird title. Very, very odd title. We talked about Chris Rock being the executive producer and I think working on a script for to reboot the Saw franchise. And oh, at yeah. first we were like, I guess that could be good. Right. I wasn't sure. It was hard to know just based on – it was a very interesting combination of words. Yes. Saw, Chris Rock, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this trailer, it actually looked good or it's, something. It's, yeah. It, I'm, uh, I, I like it, but TBDs over Chris Rock's dramatic performance. I mm. mean, they have two shots of him discovering something profound or profoundly disturbing where his face is frozen in the exact same position <laughs> the entire time. Like, right. I, I don't think... 
I, I'm intrigued by this because we're seeing people who have who are like comedic geniuses who have a penchant for you know really uh, good horror. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. The trailer did look intriguing. It also looked like it might be just a a face blend of a Saw movie and the movie Seven. Yeah, um, I think the <laughs> just you're hearing Sam Jackson and go. So you want to play some motherfucking games? <laughs> there it is. I was in. They got it in. Yeah, I think it's one. Of, well, I guess the thing that surprised me is my first. Usually, you can see a trailer and you go, "Oh no!" Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. I'm a, uh, I'm a sucker for trailers. Yeah, by the way. I will always get be into a movie after seeing a trailer. You'll always give it the benefit of the doubt. Oh yeah. Well, I just love trailers. Like I, I right, right. But we've watched trailers and you go, "That was a fucking joke." Yeah, yeah. I was saying, but but if the ones, if it speaks to you in the right way, you're like all in. Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah. I will not. I try my very best to not miss the trailers when I go to the movies because that's usually my favorite part. I've of just anyone. been, I've been hurt too too often. Like I've yeah. been deceived too often. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where where dang it they. Well, obviously, this is what they should do. But dang it, they just put the best parts in. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Which means there's only three minutes yeah. of good parts. Or you see yeah. it like in the first act of the film. You're like, yeah. wait, th- I, that was all the good shit from that trailer. Just ha- uh. yeah. well, I remember that movie, uh, Dead Presidents. And uh, the trailer for that yeah, was so it was amazing because good. it was a bank robbery so, and they were in white yeah, face and, and the, had all these cool moves. And yeah. then I watched the movie and it's about two hours of, of, of like a, a Vietnam. Vietnam yeah. And at the very end, there's a very quick bank robbery sequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was so mad. from Menace to Society, yeah, uh, directors, the, the which was like my or, favorite movie, yeah. movie at the time. Yeah, same, like, same. Fuck, man, this is going to be so good. Uh, and I forget what song they had. Uh, in the trailer, but it it was like everything about scored. it worked. It was so it was a good. great short film yeah. that had almost nothing to do with the actual movie. Yeah, the first movie I saw in theaters was uh, Rocky Four, and that movie is like fully yeah. imprinted on my brain as like what movies should be. Yeah, but I also remember the trailer <laughs> I saw at <laughs> the trailer I saw at that movie for Poltergeist Two was mm-hmm. like the first trailer that I saw that right, I was like. Right. Yo, this is going to be it fucking did, great. Even with like the advent of the internet putting trailers out right mm-hmm. away, is, it's still magical for you to see the trailers. Yeah, in the I movie? try not to watch them too much on the internet. Uh, wow. Yeah. Just I didn't realize. Wow. Yeah, the yeah, sanctity of the in theater trailer. Yeah, man. I'm into it. I'm uh, always wary when they do a teaser that has nothing to do with the movie. Like they don't actually show footage from the movie, right. it's just someone sitting right. standing on a set. Yeah, like the like the, uh, the Aretha Franklin respect one, I guess, because it's it's Jennifer Hudson, so you're supposed to be impressed that she's singing respect, and she sings great, but I don't see any Aretha Franklin. Oh, okay, that. yeah, it's like I don't man, see any this is a good there. cover song. Yeah. Mm. Um. Wait. So you're you're talking about the trailer has her being like, "Hi, I'm Jennifer Hudson," it, and not, I will. Be... The, I don't see as many as those anymore. Right. They, they, do, they would just <laughs> do this a lot for comedy. Where uh, I'm trying to remember, there was one that was particularly <laughs> awful where someone was saying like, "So come see my." Oh, I think it might have been Robin Williams for Toys. Uh-huh. There was a oh, teaser trailer wow. where it was just him in full coked out Robin Williams mode, right? And it had nothing to do with the movie, right? And probably for good reason because I'm a huge Barry Levinson fan, and that is a terrible movie. Uh, right. I love that. Even movie. though it looked, oh, it looks great, but I it's, mean, it looks yeah, yeah, it's terrible. It's very, yeah. it's like a high concept, like dark, yeah. Yeah. weird thing. But they're like, well, the thing we're actually going to be able to sell is Robin, Robin Williams, Williams. Right. and the things that look like toys and right. toys and, and from and the, the maker of Rain Man. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. I come I out of the theater telling my dad, I don't want my food to touch. 
that's how LL Cool J. And I fucked that. I li- yeah. my my parents remember that shit. Yeah. Like, after that, you didn't want your food. I'm a military man. I like a military plate. Well, the only portrayal of an African American on screen was spoke directly to me in that scene. So what the fuck do you expect? I'm not gonna die out here. No new Joan Cusack fan. Although uh, she's great in that. All right. And finally, uh, candystore.com, uh, yeah. which is a blog, has uh, released a list of America's favorite Valentine's candy. Uh, is it by state? Yeah, by state. One okay. thing I just want to say, right? They start off saying the projected spend mm. uh, for like Valentine's Day. I don't know if this is the year, but they this is the this is the the wording. As Valentine's Day indulgences go, candy is a relatively inexpensive one. It's also become a tradition and is a nice and easy gesture to make. That could be why people are expected to spend over two point four billion dollars this year, up six hundred million from last year. Each. I'm not spending that no, much. Kidding. What the <laughs> fuck? Are people? I mean. I know if Valentine's Day candy to be a thing, you panic buy it at CVX just to give to somebody. Yeah, how are there a massive more than argument two candies on this list? Yeah. It's just candy hearts and chocolate. There, there's more? So apparently M&M's is on the come up. It's moving up <laughs> very close. So in California, third place goes to Chocolate Roses. Second chocolate place, Roses is not a thing that like, I have ever given or really even considered like giving. Like chocolate dipped roses or like they're <laughs> shaped. Yeah. They're like, mm, these shaped. taste kind of yeah. weird. Yeah, no, just no, eat this up. is what they look like. Eat the bulb. They're they're like plastic stems with yeah. uh, chocolate candy in the shape of a rosebud, and then wrapped in like cellophane. Conversation, I mean, you know, for the environment is the other one. That makes sense. That's a yes, staple. Yeah, that would be cool. and Con- then, conversation hearts is funny. Yeah. I've never thought of them being in conversation. Yes. because <laughs> hello, what a, what I a, love you. <laughs> right, what a, be mine. What a vapid conversation. I will. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then number one heart-shaped box of chocolates, which right. seems to be the one for everyone. Uh, sure. Jack, where's the state you live? Let's go look at what's popular in Ohio, shall we? Yeah. Uh, in Ohio, third place, Conversation Hearts. What Second place is Cupid, Cupid corn. corn? Oh, I'm going to guess. It's candy corn, but it's pink and red instead of uh, there yellow is. and orange. Yeah, you got him. Got him. Exactly. Wow. Uh, and then heart-shaped box. Oh, wait, no, no. Then, yeah, heart-shaped box. Of chocolates. I would, is there one state where there's just something really, like it's not even a can. It's like it's like grain, yeah. grain alcohol. It's or, like beet, one bean. Yeah. <laughs> a bean. Um, chocolate hearts is as uh, kind of out there as it gets. That's Maine's number one. Mm-hmm. Chocolate hearts. That is so Maine. Right. So Maine. Um, Hershey's kisses are also big. Pennsylvania makes sense. M and M's. You think are M and M's also? No, that's Pens- Mars. Hershey. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. What's going on, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Pennsylvania's got M and M's. So does Texas. Uh, oh no! But are they, no, are they Valentine's Texas is M&M? kisses. Texas is kisses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cupid corn is the one thing I see on here that I'm like surprised is a uh, is consistently coming up because mm. I well this is where maybe I'm an outlier, but I have always said I cannot say Ooh. candy corn. Alaska's number three is something I've never heard of: cinnamon bears. Oh, the fuck are those? Made with real bear. Yeah. <laughs> What is a cinnamon bear? Ooh, Florida. We've got a we've got a change. Uh, last year's winner, Conversation Hearts, but this year, heart shaped box of chocolates uh, has overtaken. Mm. Man, we are not original. I mean, I guess this is typically a holiday where men are buying gifts for. Yeah, uh, so it's everyone's so it's with chocolate be, and roses. Yeah, right. Number, got, one, number one, whatever's on sale at CVS. Yeah, Ooh, right. Alabama coming with the uh, surprise. Number one, candy necklaces. Hmm. Oh. All right, Alabama. What is that? But that's for like kids. 
Right. Not Yo, can Alabama. you imagine those shit? You're like, <laughs> that's, that shit will get you in trouble. If you're an adult, you're like, I got you this candy necklace. You'd be like, get the fuck out They probably put it in like one of those fancy boxes, like in a, yeah, like a felt yeah. covered box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cinnamon bears are just basically gummy bears that are just chock full of that cinnamon spice. Mm. Um, Arkansas number three is Ghirardelli gift box. Wow. Fancy, Arkansas. Damn, look at you, Arkansas. Okay, Arkansas. Candy necklaces, uh, big in West Virginia, West Virginia. Ghirardelli gift boxes are also third place in Iowa and Kansas also. Huh. So people like the, and second place in Maine. I guess that's like if you're classy, you know, like, I think Ghirardelli, that's that fancy shit. That's Italian. Yeah. From San Francisco. Utah, it's just whole milk. One, two, and three. (laughs) Hell Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to take it down a percentage just to get frisky. <laughs> the only, I think the most creative Valentine's Day gift I ever bought uh, for Her Majesty was a hanging plant. And okay. That, that I crushed it that year. Yeah. Because everyone was like, I, before that, I was like, flowers, which were appreciated. But I was like, nah, like, I was like, let our love grow mm-hmm. like this hanging plant. <laughs> Still have it to this day. Chocolate bears? Isn't that a thing? No, did I just make that up? Chocolate covered gummy bears or no, chocolate? That's that website you go on. Oh, damn! Nailed me. I've been zinged and I love it. To quote uh, a poo. Well, Jay Keith, it's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, hear you? Well, the big thing is uh, the podcast Go Fact Yourself. You can get yeah, yeah. that at Go Fact Your Pod or wherever you get podcasts. We have uh, live tapings coming up in Los Angeles on February 23rd. Uh, those are free tickets at the Angel City Brewery. You can go to GoFactYourPod.com. We've got coming up uh, Ann Magnuson, Hal Lublin, uh, Freddie Wong, and uh, Aaron Foley. And uh, we've got new episodes that drop every first and third Friday. And uh, like I said, GoFactorPod.com, at GoFactorPod. And on Twitter, I'm at J underscore Keith. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Uh, I enjoyed this. There's a, uh, I'm a big musical theater fan, and there's a uh, musical theater composer named Jason Robert Brown, who I follow and interact with once in a while. And he recently posted... Uh, uh, his his retweet was every time I lose faith in humanity, Florida brings me back to life. And the headline is: Florida troopers find narcotics in bag labeled "bag full of drugs." <laughs> <laughs> so just the confluence of uh, <laughs> of musical theater composers, Florida stupidity, and news that all comes together there for me. Mm. Uh, Miles, yes. Where can people find you. What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Find me, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at. Miles of Gray, and also check out my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. If you like the show 90 Day Fiance, you like me, you're going to like this. Mm. Uh, tweet I like is from Dave Schilling at Dave underscore Schilling. Everyone's been using the Nancy Pelosi rip meme for all kinds of things, and I just liked his when he just put me when my credit card bill arrives every month. <laughs> just tear it up, bro. Mm. What are they going to do? Mm. Except ruin your credit. That's right. Uh, what are some tweets I've been enjoying? Uh, I enjoyed a tweet by Soren Bowie, Soren Bowie, uh, at Soren LTD, underscore LTD. A little thing about me. I once went to an Arby's I enjoyed so much, I asked for a compliment card and ran out of room saying how much I enjoyed the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, that is a little bit about Soren. That's a lot about Soren. It says a lot. Uh, 
You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, DailyZeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what's that going to Oh, my God. You know everybody's just loving Nancy, just a ripping and a tearing. A ripping and a tearing, and that reminded me of the great rappers from the great white north in Canada, Shark Tank, with their iconic track, Out for a Rip. Oh, and in okay. honor of her rippage, those rips, those ripped abs, uh-huh. going out on Out for a Rip. Out for a Rip? Oh, yeah. Is that a real... Is oh that a yeah, going out for it? a rip party, buddy. Hell yeah, <laughs> we're from the Great White North. That's how like the first line is, and they're talking about you know just fucking we'll jump in. How he jumped in a lake? Oh wow, yeah. Um, they start feeding him the right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We will be back later on today to tell you what is trending this afternoon and then tomorrow with another podcast. We'll oh, talk fuck to you yeah. Bye. I'm from the great white north, right? Like up above the state? Yeah. The big landmass that the rest of the world hates? Fuck yeah. We're like above that. Fucking north, I guess. The big patch of trees where everybody's bored to death. We're just chilling up here, sipping syrup, playing hockey. Before we learn to walk, we can cross-check properly. Just rocking plaid jackets, Chainsaws, we operate them right. Fucking A right we do, bud. We cut our weight in firewood. Every 20 minutes or so. Smoke break. And if the Leafs make the playoffs, I'll fucking jump in the lake. Fucking buddy comes over to my place the other night. And he's like, you want to go out for a rip? And I was like, fucking right. Yeah. So we hop in the truck and hit the mud. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, bud. Just still for a rip, are you, bud? Just still for a rip. Just still for rip. Just still for rip.